shit. This better not be boring. I better deliver. Give you something today. It's episode 131. This is the official release party. Huh? This is how we do it. <laughs> how cheesy. I mean, you could just say anything. And if you get Montel Jordan to follow it with, this is how we do it. It sounds like something big is coming. Ooh, episode 131. This man's got a plan. No, not really. Not really. But a little Montel Jordan will make you think I do. I got a bunch of bullshit today. And I'm going to let you be the judge. I'm going to give you some topics and just give you some general opinions. And you let me know. Either, wow, Josh, you really nailed that one. You really opened up my eyes. Or, Josh, that's some weak shit. Nobody needs to hear that. It'll be one or the other today. And that's towards the end of the show. It'll be Judge Josh. Judge Josh's content. Either one category of, wow, that was enlightening. Or, God, why do I listen to this shit? One or the other. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. Although, let me start with something heavy. Let me just start with something that certainly does not fall into the humor column. But Myers Leonard, not Myers Lemon, but a guy named Myers. You got to love last names that are first names. Myers Leonard is a player on the Miami Heat. This would be way too random if I just wanted to talk about the Miami Heat. But Myers Leonard was caught this week using an anti-Semitic slur while playing video games. Who's filming this guy play video games? I don't know. He's playing remotely with some other people because you could hear all of their voices. But at one point, he says the word kike, and that made national news. And as a Jewish person, I was embarrassed because I don't exactly know the meaning of the word kike. I just know it's a Jewish slur. I know we should be offended when we hear kike, But I immediately had to Google, what does it even mean? So here's what I came up with. It says, the source of the term is uncertain. However, according to one historian, there were some Jewish immigrants who were not literate enough or who could not use the Latin alphabet letters when they were supposed to sign their customary forms coming in through Ellis Island. And these immigrants would refuse to use an X for their signature because it represented the cross of Christianity. So instead they drew a circle on the forms. And the Yiddish word for circle is keikel. Keikel. So this little circle turned into a derogatory term for Jews. Keikel shortened to kike. A player on the Miami Heat is playing video games. And he let that one fly. And now he's under fire. You want to hear it? I guess I'll give you a warning. This could be very offensive to some of you. But this is... The audio of Myers Leonard using anti-Semitic slurs while playing video games. Let's go, baby. Fucking cowards. Don't fucking snipe me, you fucking kike bitch. <laughs> I just dropped that on my head. That didn't even go to fucking... Um, anyways. All right, that's it. That's all I got for you. And it causes a huge discussion. A lot of people now wondering, does Myers Leonard hate Jewish people? Or does he just freely use slurs when he plays video games? But what I liked is the open letter from Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, one of the very few Jewish players in NFL history of the Patriots. He just went on Twitter and said, I'll handle this. 
God, I love Julian Edelman. This letter actually went against my initial response. So first I'll read Julian's letter. Then I'll tell you what my initial response was when I heard the story. So Julian Edelman on Twitter, he says, an open letter to Myers Leonard. So we've never met. I hope we can one day soon. I'm sure you've been getting lots of criticism for what you said. Not trying to add to that. I just want to offer some perspective. I get the sense that you didn't use that word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Most likely you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. I'm down in Miami fairly often. Let's do a Shabbat dinner with some friends. I'll show you a fun time. J.E. So this guy drops Kike and gets invited to a Shabbat dinner by a star NFL player in the same day. That's a weird day, Myers. And then he gets suspended for a week and fined $50,000. Because when you suspend him for a week, then you really teach him a lesson about using anti-Semitic slurs. And he was also fined $50,000. So I think they really took care of it. Not really. This happens a lot. And he apologized. And everyone's going to move on. This won't be a big story next week. This will die down, just like the 24-hour news cycle that we are all a part of. Stories get big, and then they vanish. Stories get huge, and then they vanish. This will vanish. But initially, I always ask the question, you think he really hates Jews, or is this just a word that's in his vocabulary, and it sounds pretty intense, and when he's in an intense moment, he drops it. But does Myers Leonard genuinely hate Jews? For some reason, I didn't get that sense. But when Julian Edelman says, it's more dangerous... When you just freely drop it like that, because then it can spread and spread and spread that it's acceptable like a virus. I thought, all right, Julian's stepping up with some wisdom. And this has been a topic for me as a teacher, because I do hear teenagers using N-I-G-G-A. In my first few years teaching, I would overhear it and I would regulate and kids would explain to me, no, we use that term around our friends, non-black students, non-black teenagers using N-I-G-G-A. I won't even say it. I'm spelling it when they address each other. And then they try to explain to me, we're not racist. I go, huh, that may be true, but still, let's not use that word. I hear F-A-G a lot. Being a high school teacher, you just run into these moments where you get angry and then you go, oh, I actually have to teach these kids. I actually have to use this platform to educate then it all makes sense. You realize what your role is as an educator. It's not just the content, but you hear F-A-G and you have a conversation with the kid and you realize this kid's not exactly homophobic. This kid doesn't hate gay people, but this kid freely uses F-A-G in his group of friends when he's joking around, when he's messing around. And these are the type of teenagers or people that feel like they have freedom of speech and they should be forgiven. But I kind of liked Julian Edelman's response. Of now, it's even worse that way. Because then it just sends this word into mainstream use and we lose focus that it does create pain for a lot of people. So I am sensitive to words, but you got to wonder, is the person truly using it in that way or just straight ignorant? And with Myers Leonard, I don't know, but the word kike, I had to Google. And as a Jewish person, for me to have to Google that, I started to wonder, am I offended by the word? Like personally, if someone said, Josh, you're a kike. 
Would I be beside myself with anger? Or would I go to my phone and Google, what does kike mean? Does this word hurt me? Does it represent me? Or do I rise above and say, that word is not going to penetrate my soul. I'm going to be okay today. I don't know. These derogatory slang terms, most people don't even know the origins, which make them even dumber. They're just lazy. So lazy. We got to advance. We got to start using words that actually describe our feelings. Myers Leonard, when you're playing video games, say things like, I hope you feel the wrath of my electronic gun shooting virtual bullets in your direction. I hope you feel that. You, the opposition, who I strongly dislike in this moment, but he doesn't have all of that language readily available. This fucking moron just goes with kike because he's heard kike and he uses kike. And now he has to apologize. And how did they pick the number $50,000? Well, he will now be fined $50,000. That's how much kike is. Does every slur have a numerical value? The F word, the N word, the B word. Is it just the commissioner arbitrarily picking fines? Uh, let's give him 50K. And then let's schedule his apology. And then, yeah, heat moving on, taking on the Warriors this Thursday. And as we've learned in sports, no one's going to give a shit in a week. Heat fans, are you upset? Well, if he drops a triple-double on Friday night, how you feeling? Well, uh, I think we're going to forgive Myers. He was a beast in the paint. I liked his touch around the rim. So uh, we're moving on. We're moving on. And then if his game goes ice cold, if he's not contributing anymore, that's when fans could go, get, get, get him out of here, that anti-Semite. Just get, get him out of Miami already. It is a fact of life that sports fans are the most forgiving group of humans when it comes to their players. Well, he's still performing, so you know something? Uh, we'll give him a few more years before we really get upset about that comment. All right, are we getting to the end of this COVID thing? Do you see the light? At the end of the tunnel. Do you see the finish line? Do you see it? Is it within grasp? Is it right at your fingertips? Can you touch it? Touch it. Try. Are we at the end? Almost? Are we getting closer to the end of this pandizzle? Pandelita? Pandemesita? I hope so. I'm starting to feel that way. One of the things we're going to notice is more art being created. There will be more concerts. There will be more movies. Comedy clubs will open again. And we could all enjoy the arts. But one thing I've noticed throughout this pandemic is just the lack of quality movies coming out. And it's more rare to find a good movie, at least find a quality movie that has been able to go through the full gamut of production. And that's why the Academy Awards are going to be a little forgettable. However, my wife and I finally saw a movie that was noteworthy, that made you feel some feelings. And it's called Nomadland. And it's on Hulu. So a lot of people are not going to see this if you don't have Hulu. I don't think you can see Nomadland yet, but it's starring my girl Frances McDormand from Fargo, who lives in Bolinas, lives here in Marin, right on the beach, boy. Well, Nomadland is one of those movies that captures you in the first 10 minutes. You just go, oh, okay, Oscar, 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 Oscar-worthy cinematography, Oscar-worthy acting, Oscar-worthy screenplay, Oscar-worthy directing, Oscar-worthy score. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. It's that feeling. You're just watching the movie and saying, all right, it works on every level. And you have so many takeaways. When you watch Nomadland, if you haven't seen it yet, it's about a woman who lost her husband and her life is going downhill. So she gets in her van and finds all these seasonal jobs, town to town, transient lifestyle, just traveling around the country in her van 
meeting all sorts of people, going to all sorts of towns. And there's a lot of people like her. And it's a culture I knew nothing about. Although my mother-in-law does have one of these vans and she has driven across the country. When I say one of these vans, I mean with a little kitchenette, I think a little area to go to the bathroom or shower, an area to transform into your living room with a curtain and a nice chair. And these vans are cool. They're not supposed to be lavish, but they're cool. And one of the major aspects of it is soul searching. It's not quite travel for touristy reasons. It seemed like soul searching travel when you get in a van and drive across the country and you're not going to the big destinations like Vegas and New York City, but you're just seeing small town America. There's something so cool about that that a lot of Americans just don't do. Too many Americans just remain very stationary throughout our lives. We own property. We own our homes. We become very ingrained in our neighborhoods, in our communities. And then when we pick a vacation, a lot of Americans are doing the same thing, right? Hawaii, maybe a resort in Mexico, maybe New York City, maybe New Orleans. I mean, there's a list of tourist destinations that a lot of us just say, we'll pick that because we've heard it's good. We'll pick that place because we've heard it's good. But what about just driving through a small town that has zero tourist destinations and just seeing the schools, the pizzerias, the grocery stores, the bowling alley, the auto repair shops, looking at the structures of the homes. You know that feeling where you just drive through a town and you're like, who lives here? What's going on? It's a great feeling. It gives you perspective. It opens your eyes. And that's what Nomadland is about. It's based on a book, by the way. I should probably read this book. And it's a nonfiction book, so I need to read the book. It stems from the Great Recession, where a lot of older Americans realized, we don't have money, savings anymore. We don't have the income we need. Guess we'll just get some wheels and be on the go, looking for seasonal work. And Francis McDormand is a straight heavyweight dynamo. Just a monster performance. As good as it gets. It's one of the greatest performances I've seen in a very long time. And it makes you emotional for reasons that you can't really grasp. Like there's one scene where her sister is telling her, hey, just stay with us. Just stay with us. We have a bedroom. And Frances McDormand's character is just like, no, I've developed a new nomadic way of living that fits me. And there's other people like me. I have located others of my kind. And we care about the little things, minimalism. We care about the little things like finding a new can opener, not the Dow Jones report. And one of the coolest aspects of this movie is that there are people in the movie that are just themselves. They're not actors. They're not going off a script. They're just recreating conversations and personal anecdotes. And even though Frances is an actress and you could see her acting and staying on the script, I bet they just went open-ended, full conversations with all these nomads throughout America and then edited it down, edited it down. This is how terrible time for Montel Jordan edited it down to about two hours, told a great story, solid acting, beautifully filmed, holy shit, and the music's good. So that's a big recommendation. And also, I think it's a recommendation to go to the areas less traveled. Like last night, my wife and I drove through Petaluma on our way to Bodega Bay. And as you drive through Petaluma, where arm wrestling was invented, thank you, Sylvester Stallone, for telling this rich story in the hit movie Over the Top. But arm wrestling, something that was invented as a competition for truckers in Petaluma, California. You drive through this town and you just feel something. I don't even know how to explain it. And maybe my job is to explain it right now because I'm on a podcast explaining things. But you just look around and you go, who lives there? Who goes to school there? Who shops there? Huh. 
not a lot of attractions to go to Petaluma. I'd never recommend it. Hey, you got to go to Petaluma, California. But as I was driving through it, I was like, you know what? This place has great meaning to its citizens, to its natives, to its good folks. And we're just driving through. And if I experienced that for what, 11 minutes going through Petaluma on my way to the coast, that's what nomad land is. And these people, these American nomads, just driving through, see you down the road. That's the great quote. See you down the road. You never say goodbye. Just see you down the road. I love that message. Just driving through life. It's a journey. It's fluid. In motion. Stay in motion. Get up and go somewhere. Get up and go. It's inspiring. I think especially during a time like this where so many people are sheltered and quarantined and we forgot how to socialize and we haven't taken trips. But to watch this movie, you go, you know what? We should just drive somewhere. Just get in the car and go three hours in some direction. Just go. How healthy is that? How healthy is that? All right, Montel, we're ready. This is how we do Francis McDormand gets into her van and drives, finding some nice people. Give her the Oscar. I don't need to see any more movies. We're done. Film of the year, performance of the year. Weird year for movies. All right, can I just bring up something? I think we have to make a rule in music. No more singing with a voice that's not your voice. No more singing with a voice that's not really your voice. Like, you know my voice. I sound like this. This is how I talk. Hey, welcome. It's here we go. But if you heard me say, you know, I'm starting to sing a little bit. I'd like you to listen to my demo. And I sing like this. And I sing like this in a voice like this. And this was my singing voice. And then I went back to this and I said, what do you think? Do you like it? And you had to go, I guess it's okay. But what are you doing? I'm hearing too much of that. I'm hearing some bullshit. Like I'm just going to play a song I heard pop up on the old Pandora the other day. And I was thinking this whisper raspy fucking voice. You know what? There's no way in hell. This guy actually sounds like that, but he knows the whisper, raspy voice is going to sell some records. Let me give this to you. It's a song called By and By by Camp. Driving through West Virginia And I've seldom been thinner Shut the fuck up. Driving through West Virginia Come on, buddy. Stop doing an impression of some voice you heard that sounded good on some album you listened to. And now you're like, hey, I talk like this at work, but I'm going to go in the studio and sing like this. You know I'm right. Here, let's listen again. With that chip on my shoulder. And this past year, I got so much older. Oh, did you get older? Nobody gives a shit. Sorry, that's a little rough. I mean, I bet you if I was able to just appreciate a song for what it is, it's a good song, right? I mean, it's fine. Guitar music sounds fine. He's on key. It's kind of nice. It's kind of a nice song. But I'm hearing that too much. I'm hearing that too much where you just know it's not their voice. Girl singers who are just tempted to sing like this and sing like this and I'm singing like this. 
It's not your voice. And if I said, baby, lock the door and turn the lights down low, you go, Josh, that's not you. And I go, yes, it is. That's how I sing. That's how I sing now. And I'm releasing my first LP. And you'd go, how about no? I like for a voice to just sound like your voice, but you're singing. And it's just your natural ability. It's your natural talent. Not you're doing an impression of something that you think sounds pretty good. All right. Do I sound angry about this? I don't mean to be angry. All right. Let's get to the fun part. I got some dumb shit today. Or maybe it's brilliant. Or maybe it's brilliant. You tell me. All right. How about this? So the old American Revolutionary War. You know this? The Revolutionary War. We won. Big victory for the USA. Huge win. What an upset. So what were we doing? Trying to set up a democracy? Yeah. Detaching from a parliamentary monarchy? Yeah. So we don't like monarchs, right? We don't like monarchies, right? We're not all about that. The USA fought them to become this. We fought them. We don't like that king. We don't like those taxes. We want more representation than a parliamentary monarchy. That's a bunch of bullshit. So we're going to set this up. These colonies are going to declare their independence and spread on west. Okay. So why are we still so in love with things connected to the monarchy? Why are we doing this? princess stuff in this country. My daughter's three. I've never actually taught her anything about royalty, monarchies, princes, princesses, kings, and queens, but maybe it's Disney culture. Of course, it's Disney culture, toy culture, where my daughter likes to be a princess. Okay. I guess the monarchy has not really remained such an enemy. After the war, what did we just say? Now we're ready to embrace it. Uh, we, you know what? We do like the princesses stuff. I googled princess. You know what it means? Daughter of a monarch. We fought a bloody war. A lot of people died. The enemy represented something we're not into. And now, yeah, we're going to name our basketball team the Sacramento Kings. What a shitty team name. The Sacramento Kings. Remember, this could fall into the category of, hey, that's pretty enlightening. Or, oh boy, this is unlistenable. But honestly, what's the appeal? Why do Disney movies tell stories of princesses? Got to detach. Got to leave that shit behind. Let's tell stories in our children's cartoons of highly successful businesswomen who started their own companies. Charitable, successful businesswomen. Or is that not as great as Anna and Elsa and Arendelle? Let it go. Let it go. The cold never bothered me anyway. And this will launch me into the next observation. I don't totally understand why any of us in America care about that royal family. Like Queen Elizabeth is in her 90s now. The queen of what? The queen of nothing. If you tell me she's the queen of England, I'll go, okay, I guess if I put on a crown and call myself the king of San Rafael, we both have the same amount of power and influence over our areas. Queen Elizabeth ain't doing shit. Prince Charles ain't doing shit. William and Harry? Is it Harry or Henry? You know what? I don't care. I truly don't know. Is it Harry or Henry? Why are their weddings so highly rated? Why are they on the cover of Us Magazine, People Magazine, Time Magazine, National Enquirer? What do we care? What do we care? I can understand Kardashian stuff. I can understand Hollywood gossip. Bieber, Jonas Brothers. I get it. I get it. But this whole idea that 
Meghan Markle is interviewed by Oprah and she reveals that the royal family is racist. <gasps> Who's shocked? Who's shocked that the royal family might be a little racist? Oh, and also, who cares that much? Can we just leave them behind? Become our own thing? Montel? No. Montel doesn't even want to sing right now. He's not sure about the point I'm making. But why is British royalty even interesting? And I've seen shitty reality TV. I like some bad shows. I could even read a People magazine from time to time if it's next to a toilet. But I don't get it. There's zero appeal of anything royal to me. If the Queen of England walked up my driveway right now, it wouldn't matter at all to me. It, would, it wouldn't matter at all to me. All right, let's try this one. Almonds. <laughs> Almonds! Look in your pantry right now. You got some? Almonds. Now look in other places around your house. Look in your fridge. Look in your bathroom cabinet. Almonds are spreading around our homes. My wife has an almond oil. We have an almond lotion. We use almond milk. We got truffle almonds from Trader Joe's. We got roasted almonds, raw organic almonds. I'm going to ask you right now, without Googling, how does an almond become milk and oil? If you just squeeze an almond and you squeeze it so hard, does milk come out of it or does oil come out of it? Or is the answer, no, nothing comes out of it, but it's the process that you manufacture it through that allows it to become milk or oil. Well, those are two liquids. When I rub almond oil all over my body, what am I doing? Did an almond get squeezed so hard that it turned into an oil and now it moisturizes me? And when I put almond milk in my cereal, because I heard the dairy's now bad and milk should not have been sold to us in the 90s as something so healthy for our bones because we get enough calcium through other things and milk is actually very unhealthy and 75% of people are actually lactose intolerant and don't even know and don't even care because cheese and ice cream are just so good because cheese and ice cream are just so fucking good and now we're being told go drink almond milk and I don't think it's that good but I wonder how did almonds become milk? Do you even know or are you just accepting it? Uh, yeah, almonds are milk now. Uh, almonds are milk now. Oh, really? Almonds are just milk now? Do I have to get used to that for the rest of my life? That certain things that don't look like they could be milk are just going to be milk soon? You want me to get used to that? <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. How many other things are going to become milk? Rice milk, it exists. Cucumber milk probably exists. Mango milk probably exists. Aluminum milk, alu milk probably exists. And people laugh in my face and go, oh, you're not drinking that? You know, you should be. Quinoa milk. Why are there these food crazes too? Quinoa. People went nuts about quinoa five years ago. Remember acai? Acai? No one knew how to spell it or really say it. There's a little punctuation around the C. We didn't know what that punctuation was all about, but we were told acai is really good for antioxidants. None of us know what the fuck oxidants are. We don't. Without Googling, we know we want antioxidants, but we don't know what oxidants are. So when you tell me you really should try some more acai in your diet for antioxidants, I go, there's so many things you're saying I don't know. There's so many things you're saying I don't know. Guess what else I learned in class today? I had one of my kids in journalism say, truffle is bullshit. I said, what are you talking about? Because one of our students is doing a story on Trader Joe's and all the great snacks. And I said, have you tried those truffle potato chips that my wife loves? And one of the kids God, I love this class. One of the kids just raises his hand and says, truffle, <laughs> it's bullshit. And everyone goes, what do you mean it's bullshit? And he goes, Google it right now. You think there's any real truffle in truffle oil, what they season all that food with? 
He says, no, it's synthetic. They've captured the taste of truffle, those pure truffles that you need pigs and dogs to search for in the woods. And then they throw it into an oil that doesn't really have any truffle. They simulate the flavor for you and put it all over your almonds and your chips and your French fries and say, there's your truffle fries. And we think, oh, this is so elegant. But my student might have had a good point that it's all bullshit, that most of us aren't really eating pure truffle. All right. What was that about? Acai in the end? Was it just about acai? Is it just about royalty pretending we care? These people who are not decision makers haven't been in hundreds of years in England, but we still like when they dress up. What is it? Just always Halloween? It's costumes. These are people in costumes and we take them seriously. They wave and people take pictures and we put them on the cover of our American magazines and we're supposed to care. What the fuck? You got me all worked up. I think I need Montel. This is how we do it. Yeah. I hope to go on tour with him one day. The county fair circuit. Just give me a mic. Give me a sweat towel. I'll be wearing a tight white cotton tank top that is not going to be referred as a wife beater on this podcast. Isn't that crazy? I went to high school in the 90s. We're just calling them wife beaters. You wearing a wife beater? There's no way people are still calling those wife beaters, right? Are we more politically correct now? Or are we just so scared now? That's what I wonder. I think more people are so scared of being canceled that even people that are truly not anti-Semitic, not racist, don't like domestic violence, care about equality, humanity, and the rights of people. I even think these people are scared. I really do. I think there's a lot of non-racist, non-homophobic people, non-anti-Semitic people that are always just going to be a little scared. Uh Uh-oh, what if I get filmed? What if I get filmed saying the wrong thing? And I didn't really mean it. All I know is I'm very happy things were not caught on tape when I was in high school. I'm not saying I did anything wrong that I can remember, but I guarantee if you filmed me throughout my high school years, my four years, and I didn't know I was being filmed at times, I'd be canceled by the time I'm 22. Oh, I would have been canceled by now. Are you kidding me? I might even get canceled right now when my wife comes home. I don't know. I don't know. She has the key to cancel. We get one cancel card per year in this house. If she cancels me tonight, I got to wait a while before I resurface. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to bounce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I'm wishing you good health and peace in your heart. Drop a rating or review on iTunes. Check out the book Suddenly Facing Reality on Amazon and have yourself a swell day. God, did I really use swell? What the fuck? Okay, episode 131's in the books. I'll talk to you soon.